Welcome to our weekly Sunday Sermon Podcast. This past Sunday was Pastor Appreciation Day at Fathom Church, and we were joined by Pastor Kyle's parents. It was a really sweet time to get to hear a father preach out of love and admiration for his son. We know you're going to get a lot out of this message by Pastor Mike Nelson as you listen to him talk about what it means to honor others and what God says about honoring those in spiritual authority. You can follow us to stay up to date on everything going on at Fathom on the Church Center app, Instagram, or YouTube. We've got a Facebook page and a Fathom Fam Facebook group. We hope to see you there, but for now, we're going to jump right into the message. Hey, how's it going? Good stuff going on. Can you believe it's Thanksgiving already? I cannot believe here we are talking about just a few weeks and with the grandkids and they were already... Uh, we're already planning what we're going to do. You know, we're going to take a little trip up to Dothan and get some Krispy Kreme because we're kind of all going to be at my dad's house, Papaw's house. So uh, going to be some good times, but it's just hard to believe it's, it's passed as quick. Hey, I'm excited to be with you today. I am uh, Pastor Mike. I'm actually uh, Kyle's dad, Terrence, and uh, just so happy to, to be with you today. Um, my wife, Peggy, mom, Nana. And uh, she, she's here with me as well. So it, it's really a pleasure to be with you today, and especially for this special day. I mean, today of all days, Pastor Appreciation. So we're going to have a little fun, and we're going to love and honor our pastors. And uh, it, it's Pastor Kyle and Pastor Taryn to me, because that's who they are, even though they're, they're, they're blood, they're family. Uh, for me, this is such a special day. You know, some of you may or may not have come from a, a church background, and, and you, you think, what's this pastor appreciation all about? Well, pastor appreciation is absolutely, uh, it's scriptural, it's biblical, and it, the, the word instructs us to honor our pastors and our leaders that are serve over us. And today, not only is it for our senior leaders, but also all of those lay pastors in the church and, and staff pastors that work every single week. You know, what's always funny is you go out in the community and say, well, what do you do the rest of the week? I would love for people to just follow me <laughs> one week on what I do, and they would know that uh, there's a lot more that goes on behind the scenes than, than you see on a Sunday morning. It takes a lot to, to keep the church moving and keep it operational. And, uh, you know, today with the pastor appreciation, and, and when you look at the word honor, honor is used many times throughout the scriptures and and it has multiple meanings depending on the context of scripture in which it's given i mean even when you look at honor your parents and you'll add days to your life there's a different type of honor there and then you you talk about honoring your pastors it's talking about the reverence and revere and and hiding them in high respect for what they do and and i will tell you this as we begin to honor our our pastors it also gives us the opportunity to open our hearts to be able to receive what the lord is giving them and we'll talk a little bit about that as we go through it. But one of the contexts of Scripture, if you look at 1 Timothy chapter 5, there's this whole laying out of understanding. And, and it kind of starts with uh, as, the, as Paul is beginning to take this from the Lord. And he's talking about how we're supposed to honor even the widow. And the honor that he's talking about there, those that are, that are in need, he talks about they're, they're worthy of honor. In other words, when they're not able to take care of themselves, he's talking about financially, be a blessing to them, be able to help those widows. But then he goes down a little bit further and he gets into 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17 and beyond. It talks about giving a bonus to leaders. Double honor for doing a good job, especially the ones who work hard at preaching and teaching. And so this double honor in the context of that scripture is a financial blessing that you give to those. It's a kind of a bonus. I mean, how many at work get a bonus for 
for doing a good job or, or for being productive or the P&L is good at the end of the month. And so you, you get a bonus on top of that. So that's kind of what the Lord's talking about there. And Paul is, is, is pinned there for us. But here's the thing that I want us to understand today. When, when we do this, we begin to open up the windows of heaven for blessings that come into our life. Because what we do for another, God brings back to us. It's just like this whole idea of giving. When we give, we don't give to get. But when we give... God blesses us. And so today, not only does he bless us with that, but he also blesses us uh, and enables our church and helps us to continue to grow in our spiritual well-being as well. You know, one of the things that, uh, that I realize that pastors have a tremendous responsibility because they become an example. And, and you know, today, this big thing of being an influencer, I know you were all younger, and so a lot of you are younger, and you understand this whole idea of being an influencer. I kind of just kind of came on to this thing because I don't do a lot of social media anymore. I just kind of took a break from, from a lot of that. But in this wave of the last two to three years, you've seen this whole thing about influencers. People make a lot of money. But when you look at those influencers, a lot of them... It's everything for the screen. I actually follow a couple of make fun of influencers where, where you can kind of follow them and you see them out in this busy city square and they're taking videos of pictures of people and they got these lights and they got everything just making it perfect because everything for the screen has to be perfect, right? They, they look like they got everything together. Everything is absolutely amazing. But then behind the scenes, their lives are in shambles and they're a wreck. And, but for a pastor, it's where we're expected to live perfect lives and almost inhuman to think that we to go through some of those things. But we know that our pastors also are held to a high standard and high, high standard in their life and what they do. And I admire the way Pastor Colin Taren live their life. I be able to see it in front of you and also as they are in home and they live everything they are. Their, their family actually, to me, I'm a little bit, I shouldn't say envious, but man, they got so many things the right way. And I feel like I, when I look at that, I see some of the mistakes that I made parenting. And he still turned out pretty good. So, <laughs> so, so all the parents out there, you, you don't have to f- fear that, oh, my gosh, I made a mistake. I did something because it's still the Lord is sovereign and he will work through that. But just to see how they, they do their family and just to watch. Oh, man, it's just such a joy to be a grandparent. And all I get to do is love on kids because all the correcting and all that stuff. They get to do all of that, but it seems like I very rarely, other than just the typical, you know, we were riding to church this morning, and I hear the two boys in the back, and they're just going, I said, you know what, you would think you guys were brothers the way y'all sat back there, just always constantly going at each other, because I heard that from my two as well, because we have another son that were, they were only just 15 months apart, so I know what that's like, but man, it's just like so many things done well, just a model family to be so they, they are a great example for us to be able to follow, and, and they, they've done a tremendous job with that. But with that, in pastoring, there's a tremendous burden that a pastor's bear. Uh, when you hurt, they hurt. When you suffer, they suffer. Maybe not in the physical sense, but in the spiritual sense. You see that all through the Scriptures, especially the prophets, uh, they, they, they took on the burden of the people. And when the people weren't getting it, and the people weren't receiving the way they, they should receive, that prophet or that pastor or that shepherd felt the weight of that and I, I feel like pastors so many times do carry that load you know Paul is somebody I'll refer to a lot today uh, Paul understood what that was like because he went along he planted churches and he began uh, to work with people in the churches and, and I want to share a passage of scripture because he did understand in verse 28 of 2 Corinthians chapter 11 it says besides the other things what comes upon me daily 
is my deep concern for all the churches. Now, he wasn't concerned for the buildings because a lot of them didn't even have buildings at that point when he was planning the churches. They were meeting in homes and meeting outside or whatever. His concern and his burden was for the people of the church. And so we know that pastors uh, have a tremendous burden for their, for their sheep and for their flock. And pastors engrave themselves in the community. They, they are so involved in the community and in the people. Um, and, and, and if we, we, we sense that they struggle, we struggle with them. So, you know, our pastors are carrying this every single day of their life. This past season, this past uh, couple of years, has been a tremendous heavy burden for pastors. And, and because I've been doing this for a long time, I know a lot of pastors throughout the country. So many of them have just dropped out of the game and just says, I, I can't handle this anymore. This is just too much for me to bear. And, and your pastors have done a tremendous job of keeping things together and continuing to grow even through all of the stuff that we've been through. And how many are all of us tired of the stuff? I mean, you can just name the stuff and it's just like, I don't even want to give, I don't even get a place to that. But it's been a, a dark, dark season. I, I remember last year was one year ago, last week, one year ago, uh, was when our family went through one of the darkest seasons that we went through. I had major back surgery. Peggy's, uh, Peggy's parents had already had COVID. She comes to the hospital to visit me. And uh, well, she comes to put me in the hospital for my surgery. She comes back that afternoon after I'm coming out of recovery and she's burning up with fever, has gotten COVID, which we didn't know at that moment. She stands across the room the next day. I have COVID coughing my lungs up with back surgery. It was like, and then several days later, her dad passes away from COVID and, and, and you know the darkness of all that season where you couldn't even go into a hospital room and it's still that way with the person has COVID and, and I know that's just our story and there's so many more stories represented even here today if you had an opportunity to just raise your hand and share there's so many of us that have went through that dark season but having a pastor to walk through that season with you and, and to be during this time is it's just been a tremendous blessing and you have uh, Pastor Kyle and Taryn are pastors like none others they have led Beautifully, I get to watch from a distance, and we watch them online. We watch some of the, some of the services, and, and are part of that as well. Just because, obviously, I get fed a lot listening to his his sermons. I'm going to bring up one of his points from a couple of weeks ago. Actually, coming up here pretty soon. Uh, let, let me just kind of tie this all together in this honor and and support, and how they are supported, and how we can support them. And I was reading through my devotions a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't know I would use it here today. But I said, "Wow," because I got the phone call, and I said, "This works so good." Um, so if you look at in the book of Exodus, there, there's a story of Moses there. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to save the preaching for Pastor Kyle. And for me, I just get to do some fun stuff here in love and make comments and that kind of a thing. But you could really dig this down deep. But I want to kind of give you the surface. I'm going to give you the, the, the mic overview of, of the scripture here. In, in the book of Exodus, it's kind of where the Israelites have kind of been freed from the bondage. And, and then they go up to the Nile and there's this, this rod or in some translations called a staff that Moses would carry along with him and of course he, he lays it down to the Nile and things open up and they're able to pass through and then he comes to this chapter 17 where it's recorded and penned that the Israelites are there and as they're there um, the people begin to grumble and complain because there's no water and so God says to Moses he call the elders together bring the people out there Go over to this rock, and I want you to take the rod or the staff, and I want you to strike the rock, and when you do, they can fill up their water bottles, and, and they can get something to drink, and it'll kind of turn that off. It'll be one thing after that, but at least that'll take care of that. So God performs a miracle, 
And then he goes on a little bit further in the scripture, and the Amalekites uh, want to have wage war against them. Now, if you look at that, they were actually the descendants of the same family. Uh, it was the grandson of, of Esau. And they begin to wage war against the Israelites. And so God again says, take the rod or the staff that I give you, and you're going to go up onto a hill with Aaron and Ur, and you're going to begin to pray and raise your hands. And as long as you do that, the battle will be won. Now, let me stop right there to kind of say this three times that I've just brought up this occasion that bring the rod. And if you look through the scriptures, you begin to study some of this, you see when Moses refers to the rod, he refers to it as God's rod. When God refers to the rod, he calls it Moses' rod. And it's not a discrepancy at all in scripture. It actually is modeling for us the model of honor. God wanted to honor Moses, the leader of the Israelites, and so he called it his staff or his rod. When God addressed it, when Moses addressed it, he wanted to honor God and say that it is God who is, receives the honor for this. And so just a beautiful picture. And so you go back to the story, and there's this fighting going up, and you can, if you, your mind can just go there, you can see that the battle is in the valley below, and there, it's kind of like if you were to watch this rugby match where, okay, this group is winning, and then he lets his arms go down, and then this group pushes back, and you start to see we're losing this again, so you raise it up so something starts to catch with them, and so he begins to pray, well, after, and if I bring somebody up here and let them just hold their hands up, I can last for about a half a song. <laughs> then I got to take them back down, I got to bring them back up. Well, that's kind of, in a sense, that's kind of what's going on with this. With one more thing, when you begin to dig down a little bit deeper in Scripture, it wasn't just holding his hands up. And yes, that was a physical sense that he needed to keep his hands up. But more importantly, was the prayer that was going on, the interceding for those in the battlefield that were going through the, the journey together. And so what was a, just a beautiful picture for a pastor appreciation day is, is, is simply that model. Number one, the model of honor and how we honor each other. And, you know, we need to honor in our homes in our communities, there's such a lack of respect and honor for people in general, people in leadership, to, uh, in our homes, you see the, the breakdown of honor for our, honoring our parents, you see it in churches where, you know, you just don't have the respect that, you know, when I came up, it was yes sir and yes ma'am, and because you honored the, the elders above you, and if they wanted to give you a spanking, they get, and you're going to get another one, you get home because they had to give you one, so that, that level of honor, now you just, it's everything is hands off. And to, and to go back and to see this model that took place there is that the battle is going on among the people. And Moses, the spiritual leader, is on the top of the hill, interceding on behalf, raising his hands and interceding in prayer. And then he gets so tired he can't do it anymore. And so they said they, they bring a rock and they sit it down so he could sit down and still continue to do what God's asking him to do. And then his arms get to be so tired that Aaron takes one arm and Ur takes the other arm. I'm kind of an Ur. I'm a guy that likes to hold up the arms. Uh, I, I kind of like to be that second guy, if you, if you understand what I'm saying, because that, that's kind of the role I serve as an executive pastor. I very rarely get to speak anymore or speak anymore because I'm kind of the guy that does all the stuff behind the scenes, and I absolutely love to do that. But what, what's important for us to get out of this scripture is the physical support, and also the spiritual, the coming alongside, the praying, the lifting the arms of our pastors, because the burden is heavy. And here's one thing that I do know, that what we do for others, God will provide for us. Many, many years ago, when Kyle was a, 
some of you that have been a long time ago probably have heard me say this before. This is one of the most proudest moments that I've ever had as a father for Kyle. Um, we, I was a youth pastor, and because of my kids becoming magnets of other kids, we had a lot of folks that came to our, we had a large youth group. And Kyle led worship for us for, for many years, the absolute amazing worship leader. And I was, I'm, I'm kind of like an OCD um, type A personality where everything needs to be, and you look at this stage, and I'm, I, I've already looked at this stage and how neat and organized everything is and how things are tucked under rugs. That's just my mind. I'm sorry. And, and, and I was up there one day. With their practicing. We got this thing because it was all students that did it. And, and I'm over there rolling the cords up, and Kyle goes over to me and said, Dad, seriously, you don't need to be doing this. You need to go off the stage. We got this. This is what it showed me. It says, number one, he's got it. He's got it. Number two, he's planted some seeds. Because what you make happen for somebody else, somewhere down the road, it's going to come back to you. And you're going to receive that. And, and he took that responsibility. And he, he saw what was important to me. And, and he made sure that I didn't have to worry about that stuff. That's kind of what I do in my job as well. If my pastor is irritated about something, I want to make sure that I can put that irritation away. What we can do to support our pastors is if we know something that's important to them, to do everything in our power physically and spiritually to make sure that that's something that sets them at ease. So, so what he planted years ago, he's receiving today because I see so many great things that are happening here in this church. You know, one of the things that I really started out when I began to prepare for this day was the thought that came to me, and I've kind of referred to it in some senses, was uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. It says, After me, just as I patterned my life after Christ. So the example that they have set, um, if we follow what they're doing, because they're following Christ, and for you that may be new to what we're doing today, and it's like, well, it sounds like we're talking more about pastors than we are about God. Every single bit of this is going to come right back to Christ because that's who we're following, that's who we're coming after. Um, there's a lot of great qualities in, in, in every single one of us in here. If we were to begin to point out great qualities, we would have no problem finding great things to say about everybody. And I know not everyone is perfect. But I thought I would do something pretty unique today. And I said, I wanted to ask some folks from the church, could you pick out three words to describe your pastors? And so what I want to do for the next few minutes is I want to take and I want to share with them the words that were shared um, about who they see in them. And then I'm going to pick three of those words and I'm going to just take turns with Taryn and Kyle and I'm going to work back and forth until we bring this thing to uh, an understanding of what we want to say to them today. Number one, Taryn, this is what the church said about you today. You're hospitable, compassionate, humble, joyous, caring, kind, gentle, oily. I'm not really sure what that would meant, <laughs> except it's for the essential oils, <laughs> which is so cute because, okay, I'm going to just take a little pause here because she has an oil for everything. <laughs> and I was like going crazy with cramps a few weeks ago. And Peggy's on the phone with Taryn. Taryn, what do I do if I do this? And so anyway, it was just amazing kind of how she is that kind of a person. And she's got answers for everything. Uh, genuine. Empathetic. Loving. Compassionate. Disarming. 
kind, refreshing. Can you agree with that? She is all that and, and a whole much more. So if I were to chose one of those words, I want to start with caring. Because uh, no matter how many people that you were around, when you're with Taryn, you feel like you're the only person in the room. That she has totally focused her attention and her time on you. Such a beautiful person, both inside and out. Such a tender heart. How many times have you seen her come up here and you see it melt? You see the waterworks start. It's because it's so real. She wants you to be as happy as she is. She wants you to get it as much as she's got it. And, and that is something that is very valued and very, very treasured. You know, uh, Tara's son, Tristan, who is now eight years old, he went through about a year and a half where every single time that he got hurt, he had to find Taryn. Because Taryn knew the right questions to ask. How did it happen? How did you do it? Um, and then listen and just care and care and care. And they give him a big hug and he was good to go. But isn't that amazing when a, when, a, when a child can come up to the first lady of the house and know that there's that much care that she's going to take the time and be able to share that with it. Philippians 2.4 says this. It says, not looking to our own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. As a church... Before we can reach people, they have to know we care. They have to know we care. And Taryn, you lead a tremendous example as we follow Christ, as we follow you, as you follow Christ. Caring has to be one of the core values of who we are. Kyle, here's some words for you. Honest, accountable, humble, generous, real, hard worker, approachable, Studious, dependable, caring, giving, authentic, faithful, understanding, wise. Can you agree? That definitely represents who Kyle is. And I want to start with the first one that comes to me, and it's the word humble. Um, such a gentle, humble spirit, confident, but yet humble. Never will take the praise for himself. Always deflects the praise to the team. It's a teamwork. It's a team that has done it. And never allow his personal accomplishment to outshine the overall mission of what the church and what God has for his life. And so humility is something that you either have it or you don't. And if you don't have it, you better get it. Because the world will somehow, and God will show you how to get humbled. Micah 6.8 says this, so he has shown you, O oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? I listened to Fathom's message a, a few weeks ago, and I got this point from Pastor Kyle, and he says, Without humility, we cannot receive the blessing from the gift of others. You see, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but it's thinking of yourself less. And, and when I do leadership lessons, I always tell people all the time, be humble or be prepared to be humble because God can't work through proud people that are all about themselves. James 4.10 says this, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. So as Kyle follows Kyle, with, as Kyle follows the Lord with humility, we also as a church need to walk humbly before God. 
Taryn, the second one we have for you is giving. Taryn is always looking out for the interest of others more than herself. Like most moms in here, you give of yourself many times over and over without even thinking about the own needs that you have. But you know what, Taryn, you never feel like you're ever interrupting her. You never feel like you're inconveniencing her. She always takes time to listen. She takes time to offer counsel. And she, when she says she's going to pray for you, it's like, I'll put it on my already my list of things to pray for. Nope, she will stop right there, and she will pray for you, and she will make sure that your needs are being met and that you're being given for. We're on the way to church this morning. And you know the hard, the hard Christina Hardner? Did I say it right? Yeah. Harder. We had to stop by church because they had something they wanted to give them because the whole family, broken finger, broken arm, COVID didn't going on. So, I mean, but she had to make sure that we did that on her day to make sure that she was giving to others and they felt the love and that they were going to be missed today. See, Proverbs eleven twenty five says this, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. The word we have for Kyle next is uh, teacher and leads by example. Um, you know, to me, I'm, I'm kind of amazed and I'm kind of scratching my head as a dad. Never satisfied where, where he's at in his education and understanding. And here he is going back to school and you got three kids, you're pastoring the church. And I'm thinking that's enough already. But he wants more because he wants to be able to bring to you things that God give him. And the more he can learn, the more he can share to help our lives become better. So he is an incredibly gifted teacher. Like I said, I watch him. I watch about three pastors across the country, and he's one of those. Not just because he's my son, because I learn and I gain and I grow when I listen to what he has to say. He leads by example. <clears throat> he would never ask you to do anything that he wouldn't do himself or he hasn't already done it himself and just needs you to help him out through at this point. So I love that about Kyle. He does teach well, and he leads by example. Titus 2.7 says this, and in everything set an example for yourself by doing what is good. When you are teaching, have integrity and be serious. I think Kyle has definitely lived up to those words and continues to grow in that area. Karen, the next one for you is sensitive to others. That's been very obvious for us in loving. When, when you're caring and giving person, you have to be sensitive to the needs of others to see that. I listened as she helps our beautiful grandkids learn how to be sensitive to the needs of others and how it affects them. And she does the same thing in the church. How, how will this affect you? How will it affect a person who never has been in church before? How will they receive this? Because she's sensitive to know that everybody comes from different backgrounds and not everybody fits into the same mold or maybe the same background that we've come from. So being sensitive helps the church to be able to grow and begin to be revitalized with people that don't always look just the same or live exactly the same as we've lived in our life. Romans 12, 16 says, be sensitive to the needs of others. Kyle, for you, relational. This is the big one. And I, I, th I think it's something that all of us can agree with. Pastor Kyle's involved in the life of others. I can't tell you the times that we've been out in the community um, the last several times we've been in, it's been pretty noticeable for me. We're out at a place, a restaurant, and they obviously will find somebody that they haven't seen in a while. Maybe they visit the church maybe one or two times. And then next thing you know, that person leaves and we're sitting at the table and he's talking like they're best, they're best friends. It's like, 
How do you know so much about these people? It's like, have you ingrained yourself so much in the lives of the community that these people kind of show up? We were at Top Golf a few weeks ago with one of the kids' birthday party, and a guy shows up, and it's like, well, oh no, he hasn't been to church in a long time. And, but he knows so much about him. He just wants to know. He just wants to be involved in the lives of people. Uh, Christina Harder, obviously they're not able to be here today, but um, her son uh, Malachi broke his arm. And when he got his cast on there, he had to come to the church right away. It wasn't because there were kids here, because Pastor Kyle was here. He wanted Pastor Kyle to see his cast. How many pastors in this country, in this world, will a child want to go to the church so the pastor of the church can see his cast? I was being told this. I was riding down the highway. Tears were just coming down my cheeks. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I can't handle this. This is so, so good. Because that's the way Jesus would have done it. He would have hung out and took care of the kids. He even says, if, if, unless you become like this, a child, you won't see the kingdom of heaven. So it's just so refreshing for me to hear that. Kyle buys himself and Christina Scott's son Andrew a shirt. Why? Because they could relate. They like the same movie. What pastor does that? Pastor Kyle. You see, Christina and Christina, both Christinas, <laughs> Tara, when I, when I talked to him and I asked him about this, what did they say? We didn't have that when we came up. Pastors were not approachable, or they were so busy doing other things that to see the life of a child and to be involved in that. So it really felt good to their hearts to know that there's access to a spiritual leader that's real and genuine and right there for them. Tara's 86-year-old grandpa came to visit the church and he commented after they could not exactly put it into words how special it was to see Pastor Kyle spending time and taking time with the kids and the families. Because <laughs> he came from a very strict church background that was very religious and the pastor would never have the opportunity to be able to share with the kids. And so number one, he said he was moved by the tears I mean, he was moved by the fact that a pastor would value his great-grandchildren so much to have a relationship with him. John 13, 34 says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. That you also have loved one for another. Isn't that what it's really all about? It's really all about us loving people so much that they are affected by our life and somehow they want to model their lives after ours. That's called being a disciple. As I was putting this together, I, I could not get over the idea of seeds that have been planted. I mean, what we're seeing now with these young kids, having that kind of approachability to a pastor, a spiritual leader, especially the senior leader of this house, I can't even imagine what it's going to look like 20 years from now, 25 years from now. Because I'm looking at the seeds that were planted back when this was just a little home Bible study in an apartment before this church took on a location. 
And the seeds are, are here today. We see the seeds that they planted over this time. And I began to look at all these words and I said, you know, it's kind of amazing how this works. And God created the local church. Uh, and it's true that a church will take on the characteristics of their senior leader. See, Fathom has become a caring, humble, life-giving, relational church sensitive to the needs of others by setting an example of how to follow Christ. Isn't that cool? It's everything that we've mentioned about them today is who you are as a church because it's not this building. It's you, the people. And the seeds that we're planting right now are important. I want to share a little story with you because I was totally blown away. Last Saturday, I had a birthday party, and so Peggy says, Hey, I'm an old meat guy. I, 21 years, I worked. I was by vocational ministry and also worked in the meat business. I was a market manager for Winn-Dixie stores, so I know about meat. So she said, why don't you go down to Felton's? It's like a little mom and pop grocery store in Plant City. Why don't you go down there and get, get whatever you want and we'll, you can grill it. Because I like to grill. And so I went down there and I, I walked in, look at this, the, this store in the case. And I looked in there and I said, you know, I don't like the choices you have here. I would like some more options on getting my filet mignon, my beef tenderloin. I used to get it myself and cut it myself and do it just how I want it. But... This particular day, I said, I'm not going to cut it. I'm just going to get the guy to cut it. So the girl goes back in the back, and there's another man that brought out several more options. He puts it up there, and I turn it over, and I'm looking at it. I says, select. I said, when I was in the meat business, you know how you are always back. (laughs) When I was in the meat business, we only carried choice cuts. Western grain-fed choice beef. And you got select. Isn't that the old name for cutter, which was the grade below? Yeah, and I've got choice in the back, but it's about $6 more per pound. I said, I don't care. It's my birthday. <laughs> so he goes back there and he brings them out. I'm starting to feel him and look at him. And something was different about this guy. He looked at me. And I couldn't pick it out. But he goes back in the back and, and, and I see him come back out in a few minutes while the guys, I picked out the one that I liked and he took it back there and he came back and I look and he's, he's holding this little girl. I don't know if it's his granddaughter or his daughter, but it was like I would be with Taren, uh, Elisha. Just, just when you get those little flashbacks when you get to be older and you got grandkids, it's like, oh. And then I had a flashback of when my little boys would come. Peggy would bring the boys over on Saturday morning. I'd put them in the little hat, and I'd take them back there like they were the boss, and we'd walk through that cold cooler, and they would, all, everybody in the store loved my sons. And, and this guy, he, he went back in the back, and he brought it out, and I'm, I've been waiting for a minute now, and he comes out with two hands, and he looks me right in the eyes, and it kind of creeped me out for a minute. It's one of those sections, well, that is awfully kind of you, but that's really uncomfortable right now. <laughs> Just hand me the thing, and I'm going to go. So I picked, I took the package of meat, I turned to walk away, and I heard somebody say, Mike. And nobody knew me there, so I just kept walking, like he must be talking to somebody else. And I walked a little bit further, it got a little bit louder, it was a little closer, and says, Mike. And I turned around, he says, you don't recognize me, do you? I said, no. He said, this is Ramon. I lost it on the spot. 
So, who's Ramon? In my uh, Winn-Dixie career, we had the opportunity to, I opened many stores, and they sent me to a place called Zephyr Hills. If you know anything about Zephyr Hills, it's like the armpit of Central Florida. <laughs> it was a horrible location, and, and the company said this, we're sending two guys over there, you and one other guy. Either you turn the place around, or we're going to close the store down. We'll build a brand new store. We end up building a brand new store. Well, I don't want to get into all the story, but I want to tell you who Ramon was. We had to literally fire every single person there because they just, they weren't going to meet the standard. They weren't going to be clean enough and tidy enough and good enough to do what we need to do. So I was able to bring on a guy named Ramon and Jose. They were two Hispanic guys, and 25 years ago, Hispanic guys weren't given much of a chance. But I love those kids. They were just out of high school, and they loved me. And I literally would go to war with those two guys. And Ramon looks at me that day, and he said, uh, I couldn't let you get out of here. He said, you've taught me everything I know about this business. And he said, I've been a supervisor for 25 years ago. And he said, you're the reason why I've been successful. Now, that has nothing to do with God. I'm just thankful I lived like Christ around them because <laughs> he had such respect for me at that point. But the point I wanted to make is this. We've just talked about all these characteristics. We talked about the seeds that are planted. If that can be done in a regular world over meat, dead animals, what more do we do when it's on the spiritual things, the things that really, really matter in life? Follow Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. Your pastors today have done a tremendous job. And boy, this is a beautiful crowd. All these young, beautiful families. What an awesome church Fathom has become. And today, I don't know how much more I can say how much we honor and love you. Thank you. Thank you on behalf of the church for the way you give and the way you care and the way you love. Because it's making a difference. It's making a difference in our kids' lives. It's making a difference in our lives. And we're better because of you. Let us pray. Lord, today, thank you so much for, for the examples that you give us in Scripture. Lord, we thank you for this story of Moses. Let us be the Aaron and Ur's to help lift our pastor's arms and intercede with them on behalf of the people and the burdens that you give. Lord, thank you that we have a model before us that you've set the church up in such a beautiful way that you put over shepherds and leaders that can exemplify the kind of people that you want us to be. Lord, today as we honor them, Lord, let them know the love and the appreciation that we have for them. Let them know that it's not taken for granted, that it's making a difference in our lives. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening in today. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus, we want to celebrate with you. To connect with us about what your next step with Jesus might be, or even if you need help figuring that out, you can text the keyword FATHOM to 97000 anytime and follow the prompts. You can also go ahead and type in the search bar of your podcast app, 
Fathom Beyond Sunday. And there you'll find our new podcast. You'll be able to listen in on some really great conversations, just taking the truth of God's word from our Sunday sermon a step further, talking about how we can apply these truths to our everyday lives between Monday and Saturday, not just on Sunday. We love you, we're praying for you, and we hope you'll tune in again soon.